0: So when I was in the university at the UC, I loved my faith, but I was not bold with my faith as much as I could have been. Whenever I ate, I always said grace, but I did the sign of the cross in such a small way that it looked like I was swatting flies. I would be like, whenever I go to mass on campus, I would tell my non-Catholic friends I had an appointment. And when I told that to them, they probably thought I was very sketchy. Where's this guy going? See, at the root of it was this unconscious fear of witnessing to my faith. I knew it was not popular to be religious, let alone Catholic. Now, of course, I'm a walking billboard for Catholicism. (laughs) And those experiences in the university prepared me for this moment. But I can empathize with the question Jesus is asking each and every one of us today. Are you tempted to be ashamed of your Catholic faith? It's not popular to be Catholic today. In the media, and general culture, there's a the perception that Catholicism is from the dark ages, that it stifles freedom. It's anti-choice, anti-woman, anti-science, and just anti-fun. Additionally, being Christian in other parts of the world means putting your homes and your lives at risk. Researchers say that 80% of all religious persecutions happen to Christians. Christians used to compromise, and I'll give you some statistics, Christians used to compromise 20% of the population in the Middle East and in North Africa, but now the numbers have dropped to 4%, to 15 million. That's 75 million to 15 million people. According to Todd Johnson and David Barrett, who are the two leading religious demographers in the world, there are more Christians martyred in the 20th century than all the previous centuries combined. We are fortunate in Canada and the USA to not experience overt, explicit, and dangerous persecution. But we are the minority. The majority of Christians and Catholics throughout the world face persecution on a daily basis. So many Christians experience what Jeremiah experienced in the first reading. Terror is all around. Denounce him. Perhaps he can be enticed and we can prevail against him. Yet, in the face of the shroud of darkness and confusion, Jesus still says to each and every one of us, Fear no one. In chapter 10 of the Gospel of Matthew, from which we read today, Jesus has just selected his 12 apostles, and he's given them some notes for evangelization in going out to the people. Bring no bag or tunic or sandals for the journey. But he warns them that persecutions will happen. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. You will be hated by all for my name's sake as many of you farmers know sheep and wolves does not end well particularly for the sheep and so Jesus is saying he's setting us out like sheep among wolves and so 2000 years ago Jesus knew that we would be persecuted just because we bear the name Christian he knew it but he wanted to warn us and to strengthen us Even in the midst of the worst persecution in the history of the church, now, Jesus still says to each and every one of us, fear no one. And I believe he says this for two reasons, which can be found in our gospel today. The first is this. When you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. You know, dear Catholics, we have so much to be proud of. Did you know that the Catholic Church is the largest charitable institution in the world? You know that in 2010, the Catholic Church spent more money than Apple brought in as income. The church spent $170 billion, while Apple brought in only $157 billion. This is from The Economist. Did you know that the church created hospitals and universities? Thomas Woods, who studied history at Harvard and Columbia as a Ph.D., says that the university system, a gift of Western civilization to the world, was developed by the Catholic Church. Dr. Gary Ferngren, the preeminent expert in the history of hospitals, he says, the hospital, in origin and conception, was a distinctly Christian institution rooted in Christian concepts of charity and philanthropy. Yes, the Greeks and Romans, they had medical care, but they didn't have hospitals until Christians came along. Some of the greatest scientists were Catholic. Louis Pasteur, Blaise Pascal, Gregor Mendel, the father of genetics, and Father Georges Lemaitre, the father of the Big Bang Theory. Did you know that there are 12 craters in the moon named after 12 Jesuits. I could go on and on about the church's impact on the legal system in the medieval ages and art, notwithstanding the gift of the sacraments that we have, in which you are transformed into a literal child of God. And also the stories of the saints of witness to the power of grace working in their lives. The church built Western civilization. And we have no fear because we are proud of our Catholic heritage. And so as Catholics, we have this message, a message of light, of truth, of joy, and peace. We have nothing to be afraid of in our message. And if we're afraid of our message, then we we don't know it fully then. I invite you to learn it. And secondly, we have no fear as Catholics because are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the Father. That's what Jesus says to us. If God has so much care for a sparrow worth half a penny, will he he not have more care for you who have been made in his image and likeness? and have been bought with the invaluable precious blood of his only begotten son? If he cares for sparrows, won't he even care more for you who are his child? My brothers and sisters, we fear no one, no matter what they do to us. And this is the witness of the Christians throughout the history of the church. They can fine us, they can imprison us, They can torture us. They can even take our lives. But we have no fear. Because, as our first reading says, the Lord is with us like a mighty champion. Miguel Pro was a seminarian from Mexico in the 1920s who was studying in Belgium to be a priest. When he had finished his studies in Belgium and came back to Mexico... The Mexican government heavily restricted the practice of the faith. They banned public worship, and anyone who was a priest on the street could be arrested and possibly killed. But Father Miguel Pro was afraid of no one. In fact, what he did was he would dress up as a beggar or a street sweeper, and he would go into the houses of these families and baptize their children. He would disguise himself as a policeman. He'd walk right into the prisons to give the sacraments to the Catholic prisoners who were about to die. Eventually he was captured and the policeman who hunted him down and got him in trouble was leading him to the firing squad where he'd be killed. And this policeman asked for forgiveness from Father Miguel. Father Miguel Pro put his arm around this policeman, and he said, you not only have my forgiveness, but my thanks. After forgiving the firing squad, he knelt down to pray. You see, the president wanted to take pictures of this moment, of this execution, because he wanted to show the moment when a priest was weak and could be begging for mercy. The father Miguel Pro refused the blindfold, stood face to face with his firing squad executors, and he put himself in the shape of the cross. He says, "I, be- I forgive you. I love you. Viva Cristo Rey. Long live Jesus Christ, the King." And he was executed on that day. And now he's known as Blessed Miguel Pro. On his funeral, 30,000 people came, chanting the same thing, Viva Cristo Rey. This is a man who feared no one, who feared nothing, even death. Because we have a Father whose love is even stronger than death. We have a Savior who will raise us up again. We have an advocate who will defend us in our time of trial. My brothers and sisters, be proud to be Catholic. Don't be afraid of anything, because we have a Father who loves us. And perfect love casts out all fear. Our faith is real, and it gives real strength, it gives real courage. Maybe you feel in your heart right now, I'm maybe I'm not like Blessed Miguel Pro, And that's okay. Because this is a journey of faith. And that's why you're here today. And that's why you come to receive the Eucharist. You come to receive the source of our strength in our life. So that one day, if we were asked about our faith, we would say, yes, I believe in Jesus. And because we receive the Eucharist, which is the pledge of eternal life, we know that he will raise us up again on the last day. And we will see the God that we have sacrificed for. And we will see him face to face.